All right, thank you guys. It still smells like jalapenos up here. All right. Well, isn't it good to be back on campus as a group of men? And the point of these breakfasts is to realize that we need Jesus, right? We need each other. We need Jesus. We need to gather. And so I'm so pleased that you guys woke up early. There's a lot of places that you could be this morning. It's cold, but you are here. So thank you for being here. I'm grateful for it. I know that uh, we've already heard so much. Honestly, what we just heard from those great leaders, we could probably leave and be fine. So hopefully I'll do okay. Uh, But I'm grateful. I feel like God gave me a message this morning. uh, And it starts with a story Uh, about my kids. And so 2020, as we look back, was a really challenging year, right? Lots lots of trials and lots of difficulty and pain. Um, But one of the things that I like to do is look back on where God was still on the throne, where God was still blessing me and people and the community and how he worked through it. And one of the highlights of 2020, one of my favorite moments that God showed up big in my life was at home. I have three kids. I have an eight-year-old named Maverick, a six-year-old named Sawyer, and a daughter named Greenlee. She's three. And they're the joy of my life. And uh, at bedtime, my wife takes my little girl and I take the boys. And what happens um, a few moments before they fall asleep is some of the richest moments of the day. The things that we talk about in that moment could be anything from building Legos, from the origin of Baby Yoda. It could be um, what's going on in the Star Wars universe, Marvel universe, uh, what's going on at school, sports, all sorts of amazing things that we talk about. Uh, But one of the things that often comes up, especially with my eight-year-old, is biblical questions and crazy doctrine. One of the things my my eight-year-old asked me often is like, before creation, what was God up to? You know, what was going on? Was he just hanging out in space? Like, what was happening? And so I told him to talk to Waz about that, and he'll have the answer. Uh, But one particular night, it was in in the fall of last year, um, Sawyer had passed out, and Maverick said, Dad, in school, my teacher's been talking to us and inspiring us to make Jesus the Lord of our life. So that's incredible. Uh, Tell me more. He's like, well, I've been thinking about it, and I'm ready. I'm ready to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm like, wow, that is amazing. Yes, it's, it's worth clapping. It was a great moment. You don't have to clap. I'm just saying it was great. Uh, and for an eight-year-old to make that declaration, to use those type of words was powerful. And he was inspired. So we talked about it, and then we prayed. And Mav made Jesus the Lord of his life. And so the next day as a celebration, because we wanted to mark the moment, we went out and I said, I'll take, we'll, we'll go out as a family and, and we'll celebrate. Where do you want to eat? And he, he wanted to go have burgers at Hop Daddy. That's his favorite place. So that was awesome. And three weeks later, my son Sawyer, who's six, uh, during after school one day, he goes to my wife and says, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. This is amazing what God is doing in these kids. And it's amazing because one of the blessings is the school that they're at. They're talking about Jesus, which is such an amazing highlight for me and my family. And they both got to celebrate and made that declaration. And Sawyer wanted sushi. He loves California rolls. So we celebrated that night. 
And so that was one of the biggest blessings for me as I look at how God worked in my life in 2020 through the adversity, through the challenges, through the pain, through the chaos, through all of it. That out, outweighs all of it, that moment that I got to have. And so that's what I want to talk about. The, the title of this message is, How Do We Make Jesus the Lord of Our Life? And I believe that that's a daily practice. That's something that we need to figure out as men each day. And that, that was kind of expressed in the panel that, that we not only want to be believers in Jesus, but we actually want to make him Lord over everything in our life. And so I even ask Maverick, you're a pastor's kid. You're a PK. You grew up going to this church. I dragged you here more than most kids did you not believe in Jesus before? And he's like, no, 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 I believed in Jesus, but I needed to make him the Lord of my life. And there's a difference, right? There is a difference. So I have three points moving into this new year, moving into 2021, how to make Jesus the Lord of our life. And, not, and they might not be the best things. They might not be the only things, but I think they're important things. And I hope that you guys get something out of these three things. The first is... The first point, making Jesus the Lord of our life. We got to stay focused on Jesus. We got to stay focused on Jesus. My youth pastor said, Tim, you need to make the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus. So make him the main thing, right? So make the main thing the main thing. And so I want to make sure that we recognize that over the past year, there has been so much distraction, right? And I believe that one of the biggest tools the enemy used throughout the last, you know, 8, 9, 10, 12 months is how distracted and unfocused we got through the chaos. It was easy to get derailed. It was easy to lose focus, but we need to focus on Jesus through the trials, through the pain, through the chaos, and that was a deception. That was a trick of the enemy. And so I'm saying we flee off the enemy and we stay focused on Jesus. If you have a Bible or if you have a Bible on your phone, we're hanging out in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith, the joy set before him. He endured the cross. And this is my favorite part. And he sat down at the right hand of throne, at the throne of God. This verse, I want to break it down a little bit. The first part, it says, throw off everything that causes us to sin and entangle us, that gets in our way. So making Jesus Lord, we must throw off everything else that distracts us, that hinders us, that causes us to sin. And there was many of those things in this past season that we got distracted and we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Things like politics, things 
like money, career, stock market, lust, alcohol, substance abuse, things that distracted us, things that caused us to sin. And the sin, the scripture says, that entangles us, that separates us from God, that gets our eyes fixed off Jesus on things that will not fulfill us like the love of Jesus Christ. Those things hinder us. Those things can cause us to sin and be distracted from experiencing what God has for us. So we must throw off those things. I think in 2020, alcohol sales rose. In 2020, more people visited porn sites than ever before. All sorts of things. Our world was trying to find hope, trying to find fulfillment, trying to find anything to get them to stop focusing on the current climate when what we needed to remember is that we need our eyes fixed on Jesus. The next part of the verse says, Actually, I don't want to move on to that part of the verse. There's an expert. There's a um, Jesus Calling is a devotional, if you guys have uh, heard of that. And it's a great devotional in that it kind of comes from a perspective each day as if Jesus was speaking to you. And it's a, a, a great, uh, a couple years ago, we did it as our, our annual read. And there's an expert in early January. I don't remember the date. And it says this. And this is, you know, Jesus calling, so Jesus is speaking as a narrative to us. Worship me only. Whatever occupies your mind the most becomes your God. Worries, if indulged, develop into idols. Anxiety gains a life of his own, parasitically infesting your mind. Break free from the bondage by affirming your trust in me and refreshing yourself in my presence. Whatever goes on in your mind is invisible, undetectable to other people, but I read your thoughts continually, searching for evidence of trust in me. I rejoice when your mind turns to me, turns towards me. Guard your thoughts diligently. Good thoughts and good choices will keep you close to me. So let us throw off anything that hinder us and causes us to sin and help us and gets us unfocused off Jesus. Let us put our eyes back on Jesus, stay focused on him. The next part of the verse says, run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. To remain diligent in making Jesus the Lord of our life, we must persevere through the trials. We must keep going and endure and run towards Jesus. To remain diligent in that, we must stay focused on him and remember that he marked out a path for us. There is a path marked out for us that leads us to eternity with him. And so when we run towards Jesus, we are affirming that we trust Jesus. And all throughout scripture, it talks about different scenarios of people hanging with Jesus where when they had faith and when they trusted, he would say, because of your faith, you have been healed. Because of your faith, Stand up, take your mat and walk. Because of your faith, you were once blind, but now you can see. Because of your friend's faith who lowered you down, stand up and walk. He loves when we entrust him. He loves when we have faith. And so in order to persevere, we must run towards Jesus. And we're running towards Jesus that's saying, I trust you, Jesus. And in this climate, we have to often surrender the things that we are trusting in, the control that we try to have in order to run towards him, in order to persevere towards him. And so 
a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and many of you guys were in this group, um, there was this thing that we did that helped us persevere. It was a 5.30 a.m. morning workout, a HIT workout, high-intensity interval training, and it was painful. We'd wake up at 5, we'd get here at 5.30. Ben, you're, you're nodding your head. You went twice, so settle down. Uh, uh, there was a group of us that would get together and we would persevere through pain together. We had a guy who uh, ran a gym and he would just destroy us and it hurt and it was painful. But when we were done after that 40, 45 minute workout, it was amazing. Because we were ready for the day. We felt good, burned a bunch of calories, gaining endurance and strength. And one of the things, that one of the guys in the group, I don't know if Matt Alexander is here, he would say, you got to do the hard thing. You know, sometimes at like five, are you going? I don't know. Matt would say, do the hard thing. And he'd send a picture. He was already here stretching. Uh, I was like, dude, all right. You do got to do the hard thing. As men, sometimes we got to do the hard thing. And that's saying no to things that we know are not right. That's saying no to things that are not glorifying God. That's saying no to entrusting things that are lesser than trusting Jesus and making him Lord over all things. So we got to do the hard thing in order to persevere. And when we want to persevere, we have to do a few things. I think these will help. One, you persevere in prayer. You can persevere when you go to your heavenly father and pray. And we need to be praying men. We need men who are spending time in relation, in union with Jesus. And that's through prayer. We need to be men who get in God's word. This is the living, breathing book that God has given us. This is his word. This is how we commune with him. This is how we hear his voice. There are his promises. There is commands. There is wisdom. We persevere by getting in his word. And that helps us run with perseverance. The other, and we're talking a lot about this this morning. Many of the guys referred to it is we need to be in community. We need to be in groups. We need to hold each other accountable in a smaller group of men we need to walk through the fires together to lift each other up, to be, know that you have a community of guys praying for you, doing life with you, and you need to be in community in order to persevere. The other is you need to persevere by serving, by fearlessly changing the world, and that's going to be my next point. We persevere when we stop focusing on us and start focusing on others and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. We seek first the kingdom of God. And that's what we're talking about in making Jesus the Lord of my life. We're focusing on his kingdom, not this kingdom. The eternal kingdom, not this kingdom. So that's how we run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. The second point is fearlessly change the world. Our mission statement at Mariner's Church is to inspire people to follow Jesus and fearlessly change the world. And so we're inspiring you to follow Jesus right now, hopefully. Check. Being in community, check. That should inspire you. Getting in God's word. But the other big part is fearlessly changing the world. That's when we become a movement of people that are out in the community or on this campus serving others, sharing our faith, making disciples, what Jesus calls us to do. 
And so we want to be men that are serving others. This helps us stop focusing on the things that we have made lords in our life and making him lord over our life, making the kingdom the most important. So we must fearlessly change the world. So I want to ask you, where are you serving? Where are you doing this? That might start with serving at home. Your wife, your kids, your neighbors, your community, bigger outside your community. We have an incredible outreach ministry. Maybe it's globally, but we want to be men who are fearlessly changing the world, that we are kingdom focused, that we aren't only on our own journey, but we are on a journey with others so that we can share the good word. We are the hands and feet of Jesus and to make Jesus the Lord of our lives, we need to get others focused by fearlessly changing the world. Amen? The third point is we need to be men who integrate our life. Integration of our whole life. Jesus being the Lord of our lives means that we make him Lord over all parts of our life. I love what Fred said. He said, don't leave Jesus in the car or, or bring him, Jesus into the office with you, something like that. And it was great because we need to be men who are integrated in our entire life in each sector. As been the men's pastor that past several years, I've noticed that sometimes that we as men can compartmentalize our life. We can be men of God in this sector, maybe on Sundays or on the weekend, but then when we roll over to Monday through Friday, no one would ever know that we have made Jesus the Lord of our life. We need to integrate Jesus into our whole life, all of it. And in, in uh, Colossians 3, it says, Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for the people, knowing that it will receive reward and inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, do it from your whole heart. And recognize that you are glorifying God. All that we do needs to be glorifying God. We need to focus on Jesus. We need to run towards Jesus. Throw off anything that entangles us, any sin, anything that has vied for our attention. We too easily make other things Lord. And when we make other things Lord, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, it makes it hard to integrate our whole life. So our walk with Jesus needs to be holistic in all sectors, all parts of our life. And so I want to encourage you to make Jesus an integrated whole part of your life so that every person that fits into different parts of your life would know that that is a man of God, that he is walking with Jesus, that he has made Lord Jesus the Lord of his life over all things, over all things. So this is what I want you to hold on to. These three things. Stay focused on Jesus. Stay focused on Jesus. Keep the main thing, the main thing. The passage in the second part of Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Men, fix your eyes on Jesus. The next part says, say, throw off everything that hinders you, anything that causes sin. And we want to help you with that. If there's things that you need, we have an amazing ministry for you to get plugged into in care and recovery or in men's ministry. We want to help you with anything that you got going on that you know I need others. I need help. Throw off those things, the sin that easily entangles us, and sometimes we need a little extra help with that, and that is okay. So we make 
The main thing, the main thing, we stay focused. Our eyes are fixed on Jesus, as the passage in Hebrews said. The next thing is fearlessly change the world. Where are you serving? Where are you putting Jesus as Lord of your life in the way that you can plug back in to serve others, as Scripture appoints us to do? And the last is integrate your life. Your whole life is integrated. All that you do is integrated, and you should represent Jesus in all that you do, being Christ ambassadors. We're supposed to be imitators of Jesus. When people see us, they know there's something different. When people see us, they can tell that we are walking with Jesus, that we're integrated. So those are the three things that I would encourage you to. There's lots more. They're maybe not the best, but I think they're pretty good. And I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to put those things as part of your life moving into the new year. So let me pray for you. Jesus, would you help us to make you Lord of our lives? It's so easy sometimes, God, to put other things above you. And we are broken, all of us, and we need to put you in your right place, making you the main thing. Let us fix our eyes on you, Jesus. I pray for each man on this lawn this morning. You know them. You know their heart, their story. Whatever they're going through, Lord, I pray you meet them in this space. God, they would experience the hope that is Jesus. In that passage, it says that you are sitting on the right hand of the throne of God. Let us remember that is your kingdom, that you're on the throne. Would we find hope in that, Jesus? Let's put you on the throne in each of our lives, making you Lord over everything. I pray these men would feel that, be encouraged by that, that God, that they would have hope in you this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.